Hello and welcome to I Can't Believe This Got Greenlit, a show where we discuss movies from our childhood, our nostalgia from watching them as kids, how they got made, and our experiences rewatching them as adults. I am one of your hosts, Nick Warner, and joining me as always, Matthew Pelton. Oh, Are you yawning <laughs> yes, right now as on a air? Yawn. Hello. This is absurd. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> We're a professional show on WCB. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> Unprofessional is the right word to use to describe this show. I guess not. I have to warn you. I'm <laughs> okay. incredibly tired. This That's is okay. Be a tough episode. That's okay. Yeah, it's been it's been a really long week. It's I think a for week. a lot of people, it's that point in the semester where. All of the work is piling on at the exact same time, yep. and no one's getting any sleep, and no one's healthy. I think all professors <laughs> decide, hey, we're going to start taking class seriously now. Yeah. Like, they which weren't is for weird. most of it. Although one of my professors was like, hey, we're going to make the next big paper, like, half of the last paper, because I know you guys are stressed. And I was That's like, God awesome. bless your soul. But Good anyways, all of that aside, we have a very special guest in the studio today. Please help me welcome, I don't know why I'm saying help me welcome as if we're going to get like cheers help from the audience. Help him out, guys. <laughs> Please help me welcome Andy Hopley. Welcome Woo! to the show. Hey. Andy. Thank you for having me. Dude, and I think, thank, I thank you for being so here. Much. I think yeah. when you guys knew I was coming on, especially Matthew, I think he said, you know what? Andy's coming on today. I'm going to be a little bored. Yeah. I'm going to be a little tired. <laughs> Time to take a nap. Oh, yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. Andy's, Andy's taking over. Show. He's yeah. going to make up for Pelton's exactly. tiredness. Yeah. Um, so today we are talking about a movie that Andy picked. It's the 2006 film Pan's Labyrinth. And there's a lot about this movie that I have like personal things with that we've kind of brought up a couple times on the show, several times, I think, throughout the entire length of the show. Um, it's been a long time coming, and I'm very glad that you picked this movie. Um, but before we get into that, I want to say that Andy also has a show on WCV. He does. And we were just talking about this right before we started recording. <laughs> And I just want to give it a quick shout out. I believe it's called Andy's House, correct? That is correct. Okay, sweet. This is my second time in the this studio today, today, actually. Because yeah. your Wednesday's at 11 a.m., 11 yeah, 12. Conveniently. Yeah. Well, you actually, know? let me correct that. Nick, <laughs> this is our first time in Andy's house. Right. Okay? Yeah, true. This is not so our right. studio. This is Andy's Guys, house. Welcome. welcome. I'm a good host. It feels it's, good. It's it like how when good. people went to Madison Square Garden for um for Harry's house. Harry's yeah. House. They went to <laughs> this Harry's is Andy's house. house. This is Andy's house. Don't get it twisted. Copyright. I love it. Anyways, um, yeah, we're very happy to have you, uh, now WECB veteran. Um, yes, so we're talking about Pan's Labyrinth today. And Andy, I want to start with you because you're a very special guest today. Do you have any childhood stories surrounding this movie or kind of how did you come to picking this movie? Because I know I sent you a list and I know I said, like, pick a movie from your childhood that fits this show. So hit me. What's what's the story? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to know off the bat, but... I, it's directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. And <laughs> I think a lot of my early like film knowledge and just like childhood memory in terms of like really getting into film, before I even realized that film is like more than just eye candy, mm -hmm. right? There's like <laughs> yeah. actual like, you know, plot and there's like all these different elements that come together to make like a beautiful masterpiece. Uh -huh. And I think this is one of them. You know, mm -hmm. this is a movie that I watched fairly on to kind of like when I began studying film. Oh, um, okay. And I think there were so many elements of it, just like character-wise, costume-wise, how like the setting was established, um, and then just the dynamics between like real-life issues. Sure. And then like, like this fictional mm -hmm. landscape. Yeah. Um, I really liked this movie when I first watched it because it was like this dynamic between like magic and violence. Mm -hmm. um, I think when I was younger... It was like I focused a lot. I noticed the violence much more because it was such a huge contradiction to a lot of the movies I had seen. Yeah. But definitely. when I watch it nowadays, because I've seen it probably three times now. Oh, okay. 
uh, maybe four. I'd have to double check. <laughs> but um, now I definitely focus more on like the fantasy elements. Yeah, of it. definitely. Um, so I think for me, it was just a very important movie growing up because it's one of my favorite movies. It's yeah. like in my top 10. Um, of all time? Yeah. That's incredible. It's right yeah. under <laughs> Triptych About Water and Psychedelic yeah, Tone, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean... The, these are films that are, you know, far beyond the reach of right. any other well, yeah. So, yeah, it's almost impossible for a little old Guillermo del Toro. Right, exactly. Please. Yeah, he he could never. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, and then just in general, like Guillermo del Toro, there's so many movies, like, growing up with oh, his sure. that, yeah. like, I watched, and it was so clear how much his vision, like, shined through each of the movies. Yeah. It's so, it's, you can watch a movie and just, kind of identify that it was like mm. Guillermo del Toro. Definitely. And we'll we'll get yeah. to that when we get into production because there's an interesting story surrounding this movie that kind of goes hand in hand with that thought. So Yeah, I mean it's like I'll he created this like universal language yeah, almost like absolutely. with his film. Um because this film is is fully in Spanish. And yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, I think it's the first movie that's not an uh, technically in English Ever? Like American film. No, no, no. In on our show. Oh. Yeah, no, no, yeah. not, not of yes, all time. In Greenland history, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Of all true. time. Of dude, all the first time. movie in Spanish ever, dude. That's Revolutionary. crazy. 2006. It took, it, took, <laughs> it took 80 years in film history. You guys, you guys there. do bring up an interesting point, though. This made me think of it. Um, it was also one of those movies that was, you know, for me, foreign, right? Mm-hmm. Always yeah. growing up in Definitely. America. Um, and so subtitles was not necessarily something I was super used to, like, utilizing mm-hmm. um, when I was at the age that I watched it. A hundred percent, yeah. Um, and so I remember from Bong Joon-ho's acceptance speech mm-hmm. when yeah. he got the yeah. Oscar for Parasite, one of the things that's always stuck with me is, like, if you can get over the one-inch barrier of subtitles, you're opening yourself up to a whole new world, Dude, right? true. And, like, yeah. I... I very much took that into account, you, you know, even before he said that, but like it really emphasized once he said that mm-hmm. and had been trying to, at that point, expand sort of my worldview on film mm-hmm. and not just primarily watching Western film. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you get that whole scope. There's so many brilliant stories out there. Right. Um, and I think Pan's Labyrinth was definitely one of my big introductions to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so this yeah. movie was like the turning point where it went from like, hey, movies are fun and I enjoy this to, oh, there's something really going on here. Yeah, it was like one, it was one of several. Um, it was one of several because like, I also grew up watching a lot of like Alfred Hitchcock. He's mm-hmm. kind of one of my favorite directors. Really bad person, but. <laughs> sure. <whatever>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a great person, but you know, such an incredible director. And mm-hmm. I think his movies also kind of like allowed me to have this gaze as to like film is not just, you know, mindless activity. Yeah. Right. You know, it's something that you can actively study. And for a long time I was like, oh, I can't even believe you can get a job in this. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's like what we're doing, right? It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Or hopefully <laughs> what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do. What, we're, what we're attempting to do. <laughs> Yes, um, that's um, yeah. yeah, that's an interesting story and one that I was not expecting kind of to a hear. Story. I, yeah, it's gorgeous. I know. Most of the time, people come on the show and they're just like, "Yeah, I watched it like four times and I loved it." And this is just like, <laughs> I don't know, that was amazing. Um, Pellin, I turn to you now. Well, yeah, how do I follow and that? I, I know that's why I'm not going next. <laughs> In terms of Pam's Pan's Labyrinth, yeah, God, you can tell I'm hurting today. You're okay, Pan's you're Labyrinth. Right. Matthew watched it two days ago. 
I watched it this morning. Yep. Thank you very oh, this much. Oh, I was only joking. Wow. Oh, no, I finished wow. it 45 right. minutes ago. You did. So. Not only did I watch it this morning, professional. I watched it for the first time this morning. Whoa. I'd never seen You've this never movie. seen this movie. That's, no. okay. See, that's what I was joking about, and now this is a harsh yeah. reality that I'm Okay. Like, this is interesting because- I can't wait to hear going this. Going into my story, because yeah. this has come up so many times on this show, just like- jokes just asides of me being like oh pan's labyrinth i'm so scared of it i can't wait to talk about it i'm so terrified we've been talking about this since we're season here one. this is it yeah your day of and reckoning i'm so is terrified <laughs> the, um, the no, day of reckoning essentially i had no idea talking about it all this time that you had never seen the movie i've never seen it but it was on the list like from day one yeah i was like i remember very vaguely <laughs> What this movie was. Now, I will say, I, I know what it is. Sure. I knew about the guy with the hands. Yes. I knew, like, the visuals of it. So scary. <laughs> That's all. I, I didn't know plot. I didn't yeah. know it wasn't in English. I had no idea. Neither did I. I just knew the hand guy. But here's the thing. Doug the Jones. Reason, Doug the Jones. Reason yeah. why, Legend. The reason why I didn't know that is because this movie scared me so <laughs> badly as a kid that I never actually watched it. So oh. t- this viewing was my act, my first ever actual full viewing oh, no. of the movie. Wow! And here's going to storm out, it guys. This is actually crazy. <laughs> it is completely not the film I thought it was because Same. every time I had watched it, I watched the scary scene with the pale man, the yep. Doug Jones. Is that his name? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I got frightened beyond belief, and then I ran out of my room at, or wherever I was watching it, and I just never, yeah. I never actually watched it, and I forgot. That it was in Spanish because I think my brain was just like scary monster. <laughs> I didn't even acknowledge what language it was in. And all I remember was the pale man and then the fawn, which we'll get to. That guy freaks. They both freaked me out. And then for whatever reason in my head, I thought that like 90% of the movie was in the labyrinth. And that is just not the case. That's what I assumed too, yeah. to be honest. And then there are also like very, you know, it's, it's, I believe after a war or during a war. Um, during the Spanish Civil Spanish War? Spanish Civil War, during, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. during it. Um, so there's like very like grounded reality kind of aspects to the movie yes. that I didn't know about. And it, there's also very biblical themes that like I didn't know about. And there's just like all this extra stuff that I had no idea. <laughs> You're too scared. And I was just so scared of the movie. And I remember on our Zathura episode, I brought up that when we watched Zathura, I thought it was going to be Pan's Labyrinth. Because in my brain, I watched both of those movies. And they're both very like visually dark. Like they're mm-hmm. just darker movies. Yeah. Um, and when I watched Zathura, I only watched like a couple scenes from that, and I only watched a couple scenes from Pan's Labyrinth. Sure. So in my head, they merged because they were both kind of like these fantastical the movies <laughs> yeah, from the yeah. early 2000s <laughs> that like looked relatively the same, and I was just scared of both of them. I don't know why Zathura, but I thought Zathura was Pan's Labyrinth. Mm. So it's this weird both thing equal where quality too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I put them on the same. Level. <laughs> yeah. And they came together, and I was just like, oh my god, this is crazy. But now having seen both of them, I can now say that I I. You know, I've seen both of them all the way through, and and they're both it. very different. It. And I'm I'm proud I'm of myself. So it's a big um, fear of his. Big fear. I got over it. I watched this in three sittings. Um, and were you busy or I scared? Fe- no, busy. <laughs> yeah. I, you could argue both. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna busy, say. Uh-huh. Uh, I stopped the film right like as I saw the pale man. I was like, nope, and I walked away for literally three hours, and I came back to it. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, wow. I swear to God, I went off and did something else because I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to face this. <laughs> and then I came back, and it was one of those things. Uh, where I came back and I remembered the fear I had, but then I was like, okay, this is objectively not as scary, but I remember how traumatized I was. Yeah. So then it like inherently made it a little creepy for me. So I was like, oh, so this, God, like this a- movie like messed me up. As a <laughs> so it's a big, big one for time. both of you for very different reasons. Very different reasons. I had never seen it all the way through. No idea it was in Spanish. No idea it, yes, just all the things I just said. 
crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This is so um, nuts. It's insane. No. And um, I, I thought I was gonna be the one that shattered here and was like, I haven't seen it. Sorry, guys. No. I thought you'd seen this. That, I think everyone <laughs> has. And like everyone what? thinks that I've seen it. <laughs> and I don't think I had until now. So that's where we are. Wow. Now well, going thanks, Andy. Yeah, thanks yeah. Andy for being here and, <laughs> yeah. and being the only one of the three of us of the Who's two actually hosts. seen the movie. Yeah, seen the movie. <laughs> and multiple times. Um, and multiple yeah, times, exactly. And true. it's like a part of your your upbringing and, and the reason why you're at Emerson, which is kind of cool. And it's kind of cool that like I don't know, it's it's like you wouldn't be at Emerson you could say in theory if it weren't for this film and obviously a bunch of others. Yeah, but, we were and then we would have never met and then like this wouldn't have happened. So it's just cool how like this film kind of yeah. The reason why you're here. It's, I it's, always think about that. Kind stuff. of a cool just thing. Like, how, yeah. You know, how did I get into this like moment? You know, yeah. Like what Definitely. led up to this? Also, one quick note yeah. is like Guillermo del Toro. He always mentions that you can't have light without darkness. Yeah. Because like in this movie, there are like heartfelt moments, mm-hmm. but it takes a lot of devastation yes. and darkness God, to get there. Way more than I ever even <laughs> came close to expecting. Right, but like, <laughs> doesn't that almost make the lighthearted moments so much more rewarding? Oh, 100%. And yeah. I think that goes with every movie, but especially Del Toro, who like has this specific idea like about that. Yeah, 100%. This It totally sees its way through, Yeah, at least in my opinion. Exactly. Um, but yes, so all of that uh, being said, I want to go into the production of this movie because... There's a crazy story that I think all three of us as as filmmakers in our own right um, will find insane and also like really anxiety inducing. Okay. Before we get to that specific Uh-oh. story, I want to talk to you about our sponsors. Wrote, our sponsors. <laughs> Better health. No, I'm just kidding. Andy's house. Um, Andy's house. Uh, use promo code Andy's house for 20% off. No. Um. Anyways, so this movie is written, directed, and produced by Guillermo del Toro. We've mentioned that. Pretty cool. The cinematography for this movie was done by a guy also named Guillermo, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. um, Guillermo Navarro, who has come up on this show before, but I'm going to yeah. list his credits and you'll get what I mean. This guy has done so many projects that I just, I don't think it's it, it would do it just if, if I only named the ones on Greenland. Greenlit, he's just done yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. So he was the cinematographer for a Robert Rodriguez short oh. film titled The Misbehaviors. That's we kind of where it. he started, Gonna which be is on pretty cool. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and then later he did Desperado, From Dust Till Dawn, and Spy Kids for Robert Rodriguez. Ah, so all three is. of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, also, From Dust Till Dawn, I believe, is the um, it's Robert Rodriguez and uh, Quentin Tarantino. That's their movie. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Um, yes. It, he also did the cinematography for Jackie Brown, Spawn, oh, wow. Wow. Stuart Little, Zathura, Night at the Museum, Hellboy, Pacific Rim, and recently the Robert Downey Jr. Doolittle movie. Whoa. So he's done a lot. Whoa. He's a wow. big Robert Rodriguez and Guillermo del Toro say, Guillermo made a couple yeah. appearances. He's done there. a lot. And he's just, I respect. Also, so many future Greenlit movies on that list. I know, list. I know. <laughs> Those are all coming. Um, interesting thing about the budget, this movie had a $19 million budget. Not That's a whole it. lot for this big, epic yeah. tragedy. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty elaborate it's really for how cool. much money that really exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm shocked. And it grossed $83.9 million. Pretty cool. So it made, it made some money. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing about this is Guillermo del Toro has kind of openly been like, I want to get away from Hollywood for this movie. I want to go shoot like in Mexico. I want to do it like all kind of on my own, on my own like home territory and sure. all this stuff. And I don't care how much the budget is. I just want to make this movie. And so it's kind of cool that like it's kind of a lower budget. It makes a decent amount of money yeah, compared to amount. its budget. Yeah. And, and also I'm glad that it got made because of the story I'm about to tell. So the idea for this film came from del Toro's um, like he has like a lot of like sketch notebooks 
Yeah, so he has yes, these he a bunch of notebooks, which a lot of directors have. Um, I should probably start which, doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but maybe not because we'll, we'll get to there in okay. a second. Um, he's been keeping these notebooks for about twenty years up until this movie, um, which were full of doodles, ideas, and plot points specifically for this film. And obviously, he's he has other so notebooks. He's, for he's other had films. this idea for a long time. Apparently, yeah. And apparently, the story goes that he left the notebook with a lot of the main ideas for the film in a taxi, <laughs> and he thought the film was over. Like, he just thought it was done. Whoa. And he was like, 20 oh, years of my life, gone. gone. That's it. He was like, literally having a mental breakdown. He was like, this is the end. I, like, this is the end of me. I don't know what I'm going to do. This is my life's work out the door. <laughs> all the sketches, all the plot points, all like the story ideas, all of it's gone. That's oh so my just God. Just left in a cab, gone. Did he have to like fully recreate everything? No. So the cab driver found it, read the notebook, okay. realized the importance, tracked down Del Toro <laughs> at his own expense. And then uh, he attributed it to the the kindness as like a blessing from a higher power, Del Toro did, and just made him like all the more determined to get this movie made. Oh my God. So he basically was like, when the, the taxi driver like came up to him and was like, hey, I found this notebook, he was basically like, it's this fate. is a sign from God that I have to make this movie. Whoa. Like this movie has to get made, regardless of wow. like the budget, the whatever. I and have to supposedly, do it. That taxi driver should have gotten part of the budget. That's what I'm saying. That guy should have been compensated. supposedly, Guillermo del Toro gave up, like, his own salary. Like, he was like, I don't even want to be paid for this movie. Apparently, he it. just gave it all away to wow. the movie. Because the movie, like, I guess, ended up costing a little bit more. And he was like, we don't have the funds. I'm just going to give my own money towards it. <laughs> yeah. So he, like, fully didn't Good make a him. single dollar Some directors are like that. And know? he was yeah, just like, I want me. it. Not me. Yeah. Um, but it is it is pretty cool. And also the idea for this film apparently originated from um, Guillermo del Toro apparently has a lot of lucid dreams. So are you guys familiar with lucid dreaming? Yeah. Um, but so he I guess he had the idea for like a pregnant woman and a fawn in a lucid dream. And he was just like, I'm going to make that into a movie. And that's where it started. Shocker. And then he started yeah. doing yeah. the doodles in his notebook. And he, he kind of the Toro thing I've ever heard. I know it's insane. <laughs> also, you know, fun fact, yeah. a taxi driver was Doug Jones. That would be it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and just, that's how he got the job. That's how he yeah, got yeah. the job. So that's the big crazy thing that I was like, dude, if that ever happened to me as a director, producer, whatever. That'd be wild. I, I don't know what I'd do. Like, that's just like a miracle. This movie even exists. It it's should pretty, have been lost. Pretty dope. Yeah. Although it would be pretty funny if the, the cab driver was just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a movie. Or I mean, he just uses <laughs> or he, like, all of the ideas. It. That's, yeah, what, true, that's what true, I would have assumed. You got a big director in your car leaves like... Well, but... Well, you was never he know. The, was also he, never, was he big at the time? You never know if the guy knew who he was. He had movies before. He did. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he was, but you never know if he was like popular to the cab driver. Yeah, that's I mean, true. he could just that be a normal a guy. Point. Yeah. Um. But anyways, I found an interesting quote from uh, Guillermo Navarro, who's the cinematographer. Okay. And he states in an interview that after doing, sorry, this is a this is a direct quote, after doing work in Hollywood on other movies and with other directors, working in our original language in different scenery brings me back to the original reasons I wanted to make movies which is basically to tell stories with complete freedom and to let sorry to let the visuals really contribute to the telling of the story which i thought was super super That's sweet beautiful. and adorable and he was just like yeah it's like my roots in filmmaking is it, like this movie kind of re-energized me to make movies so Andy. forever exactly yeah yeah it's me it's yeah. just Andy. I did it. he also basically was just like i hate you hollywood <laughs> like in that quote why is this whole, like everything around this movie and the movie itself seems like it's just like the most beautiful process yeah like everyone Stunning. loved it it just led to good things they just go out and shoot in like the wilderness in mexico and yeah, they're all just like amazing. i'm at home they all lay in the grass and <laughs> yeah 
It's so beautiful. It's like the process then... was wholesome, but the movie was not. Yeah, it's that's grew. true. It's <laughs> almost like um, who's Ari Aster. He's yeah. like the most down to earth, like normal dude ever. You watch his movies. And then you watch his movies and you're like, you are sick. <laughs> dude, what, what are you? What is you're this? You're on something. This is insane. <laughs> I watched Bo's Afraid recently yeah. and I... Dude. I, that may have been one of the <laughs> most stressful movies it's I've ever seen. It's insane. It's like, I loved it, but it's just so crazy. And then you watch an interview with him and you're like, that's not How the director possible? of this movie. <laughs> yeah. That's Bo, impossible. Like, Bo's Afraid is one of those movies when you're watching it, you're just like, this is just my life now. Yeah, like this will never. End. Not it's that it's experience. long. It's just like yeah, I don't understand it's, what's happening, and this is just it. Crazy. I just am Bo's afraid. Yeah, I I I don't know. I don't know how you go from as an actor. I don't know how you go from playing Bo and Bo's afraid to Napoleon <laughs> in like true. one fell swoop. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> he must be going and also Joker right like, now. and Joe like all back to back to back. Like that's impressive. Like I don't know if my mental capacity could handle it just based on the way he does his acting. Yeah. It's insane. Well, he's another. That's, I know. That's he's almost one another breed. Yeah. Yeah. He's another breed. <laughs> it's a scary guy right there. He's awesome. In the best way possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways, back to production. The actor who played the fawn um, is also Doug I Jones, believe, right? Also. Is it? Yeah, I think, it's, I yeah. think he, he does plays both. both. Oh, yeah. my God. I didn't so, know that. So Doug Jones pretty much plays the creatures in almost all of Del Toro. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. He did Shape of Water, Hellboy. Yeah, Shape of Water, Hellboy. That's very cool. Almost all the movies that involve creatures that are in suits yeah. um, is almost always. Yeah. That's really cool. He's no like idea. the man. I, I didn't like even know who this guy was. Yeah. His body. That's yeah. really neat. He's yeah. a um, contortionist. That's the word. Oh, yeah. no and he, way. And he, had, he grew up, I think, with like gymnastic training or something. Okay. I think so, yeah. You're going to say um, Jim Henson. I was like, Wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. But anyway, he's a cool so, dude. Doug Jones. Yeah. Little did I know. Um, he spent an average of five hours a day in hair and makeup chair Ooh. for the costume, which was mostly uh, latex foam, which is interesting. Also, now that I'm thinking of it, he probably had to do the same thing for the pale man. Yeah. That's his name. <laughs> yeah. you just I just do the hand thing. I just did the hands <laughs> over yeah. the eyes. I don't know his name, just this crazy. thing. <laughs> um, so this movie generated $55 million additional dollars in DVD sales. Hey, cool. wow. wow. That's pretty um, cool. It won Best Art Direction, Cinematography, and... Oh, wait, I think I wrote that down twice. Never mind. They won it, it twice. won Art Direction two times. <laughs> yeah. um, no, Art Direction and Cinematography at the Oscars, and also was nominated for Original Screenplay, Foreign Language oh, Film, cool. and Original Score. It was pretty oh, neat. that's sweet. Okay. Interesting how it's not a uh, director. I don't know why. Or picture. Yeah. Picture. yeah. I wonder, they really slept on this one. It was in 2006. So I was going to say, I was looking at like some, of the, um, some of the reviews, and uh, what's his name? Roger Ebert? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he ranked this as his number one movie of that year. Whoa. So really? I'm curious. Yeah. Like a lot of people did. I wonder it was what like happened. In the the notes section of of the most trusted source on the internet, Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know what other movies like really were super impactful. I'm sure there's a ton. Oh, uh, okay. Not so remembering, I will say, keep in mind, I was what 2006, so yeah. I was five years old Four, when this yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah. So there are only two movies I recognize that okay. were nominated for Best Picture. Oh. One of them often gets yeah. made fun of, though. Okay. So Crash Okay. One, I've never seen it. Fair. Yeah. I, I think that's one of those movies where it got nominated, but no one on the planet has ever seen it. Okay. And I will say the big one on this list is Brokeback Mountain. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah. that'll do it. That was a big one. That makes sense. But I'm shocked that it that's wasn't, like, of even that group. I don't know what else is in the group, but, like, how is Pan's Labyrinth not? I can read the others. I didn't know Please. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Good Night and Good Luck. What is happening? Never heard of. 2006? That wasn't even... 2006. I guess that was kind Munich, of Munich, which is a Steven Spielberg film, apparently. Really? It says his name on it. Oh, weird. All right. Well, <laughs> oh, well sure. that's, that's producers, though. 
It producers. says directed. Director oh, Steven oh, Spielberg, no way. Munich. Okay. Yeah, seventy-eight percent Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. Not that Rotten Tomatoes is the end of the This is best picture. And then his picture is usually producer. I'm sure he did both. Right but is it Capote? Capote. Oh, okay, Capote. So I had no yes. idea. I might be pronouncing that wrong. That's why oh. I had Andy read it. Yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> I'm yeah, not yeah, taking yeah, that yeah. out for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you didn't go for me on that one because I can't even pronounce basic names. But those are the name last week that I was like, I don't know this, and you were like, you did it perfect. I was like, what? Oh yeah, I don't remember. Anyways, um, but yeah, it's just strange, but. Anyways, the last couple notes I have on production. Uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, supposedly, again, I don't know how true this is, wrote the English subtitles himself for this oh. film oh, wow. after problems with subtitles on previous films of his. <laughs> like, apparently the, the translation from Spanish to English wasn't what he wanted to do, like, as a director. Because obviously there's not, like, there is, like, direct translation, but sometimes, like, with slang, it's, it's not. It's a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he basically supposedly did it on his own, so he kind of had that sort of creative vision throughout. That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Um, and then apparently he also refused multiple offers from Hollywood producers uh, that offered up more than twice the budget for this film because he didn't want any part of his story to be compromised by the supposed market needs of the time in Hollywood. Yes. So he was like, this Man. is mine. We're going Good to Mexico. That's it. Right? Good I don't like him. you, Hollywood. That's that's it. That's amazing. But yeah, that's the production of this film. It's kind of crazy how it's literally just a Guillermo del Toro film. Like, it's very, it's very fully, much his yeah. film. There's no, like, real studio notes. He did the subtitles himself. It's part of his notebooks. He did this from like a lucid dream. It's like such a, oh, it's like such a passion project. It's incredible. It is pretty cool that he went fully independent. Said, I just want to make this thing. I want yeah. no interference. I'm going to make it the way I want to make it. And it, it did kind of go down as like one of the most popular movies ever. I know. Like, yeah. But it, maybe it's with people our age. I'm not sure. But if you no, say sure. Pan's Labyrinth, even yeah. if they haven't seen it, they know what it is. Yeah. They know absolutely. this guy. Well, I did. I yeah. sure did. Yeah, Nick knew. <laughs> Well, we all certainly know it, the like, impact. Oh. It's like yeah, we don't necessarily sure. know how many people have really seen it, sure, I guess, at sure, this sure. point. But we definitely know the impact. And I know that a lot of, like, top movie lists mm. almost always have that movie Yeah, it will feature Pants Lab. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, which is wild. I'm pretty sure for friend of the show, Yankel's, uh, his show for WCB... Apparently, Pan's Labyrinth was the number one movie on his list for the 2000s. Oh, there you like, go. Of the he, entire he 2000s. He told me yeah. that. Yeah, he told me that. And I was like, that. well, that's insane. Like, it's just such a movie that I never thought was as big as it was until I started doing research on it because I was just so scared yeah, of it. And I was no like, joke. no, I'm not watching <laughs> this. And then, obviously, we're here. Guys, um, it's kind of good. It's it's kind of good. Know, I'm going to wait for unpopular opinions. Usually, I... <laughs> Usually I kind of give away my final thoughts uh, earlier in the show, but today I'm gonna I'm gonna hold, hold off, hold off, hold yeah. Um, Stay strong. Yeah, you got this, got Nick. I actually, okay. I gotta mention one thing real yeah, quick. I definitely. forgot to mention this earlier, and I don't think you guys, I, I never mentioned this to you guys. Ooh. But quick shout Were out. Are you in the movie? I'm just kidding. No, yeah. <laughs> Get getting there. Um, <laughs> quick shout out to yeah. Chuck Duke, who does most of the lead animation for Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. I actually know him. What? And I talked to him like via LinkedIn. No That's way. Awesome. And when he got the Oscar for Pinocchio, we were talking back and forth. That's right. Oh my god, that's so cool. And when I went to the that's crazy. when I went to MoMA, because they had the did you guys hear about that? They had the Pinocchio yeah, yeah, exhibit yeah. at MoMA. Oh, yes. I also yeah. humble brag, I I got to look at the uh Pinocchio thing at the Tonight Show when I worked there. Oh, that's when oh, Guillermo right. del Toro was there, that's I got amazing. to meet him. He was super sweet. And he brought it. And then right? he brought the actual yeah. figure and they had it in like a pelican case. It was like the <laughs> most, like they had like everyone had to wear gloves when they were doing Whoa. it because apparently it's worth like twenty five thousand dollars. It's like yeah, worth sure. the, the amount of yeah. a car because they have all the like, gears. And all stuff. the gears inside is it comes from like watch technology. 
So it's like specifically right. all those little intricacies. It's it's super neat. But anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, they showed that kind of stuff in the exhibit. Yeah. Um, but they also had like the cast and crew like uh -huh. up in Polaroids on the oh, wall. That's just oh, at that's the end of cool. the exhibit, which is cool. And, you know, I saw Chuck Duke and I was like, oh, I got to reach out to him. And tell him like I'm at the exhibit and everything. Yeah. And like. This man responds so fast. Like, I think he likes talking to students, which is really cool. That's good well, to know. I know who I'm going um, after the show. <laughs> so yeah. I will I will definitely give you guys his content. Yeah, yeah that's um, so incredible. Cool. I'll be but, like, Andy sent me. But he's, From Andy's house. Yeah. <laughs> you know Andy's house. Um, anyways, he's a really cool guy, and he's super talented. But I should have mentioned that earlier. Yeah, shout out to him. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. So cool. Are you kidding yeah, me? That's awesome. Let's get him on as okay. a guest. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, would, I would love We'll talk after the show. Um, so, so going into the plot of this film, um, we open with a fairy tale where Prince... Okay. So they, they, oh, yeah. We do open with a fairy tale. We do open with a fairy tale. It's a princess, and her name is spelled M-O-A-N-N-A, -N -N -A, which in my head, being a Disney nerd, I read Moana. as Moana. <laughs> but I, I knew I don't, you would. But I don't know if it's Mona or Moana. And because it's green, that we should go with Moana. Okay, Just we can go with you. Moana. Okay, Princess Moana, which is definitely not the name, but it's okay. Um, whose father is the king of the underworld, visits the human world where the sunlight blinds her and erases her memory, and she becomes mortal and eventually dies. This is all in the fairy tale in the very beginning. Um, kind of just a table setting for the rest of the movie. Uh, the king believes that eventually her spirit will return to the underworld, so he builds labyrinths across the world which act as portals um, in preparation for her return. So that's kind of how we start the movie. Yes. And that's like my go, Friday nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, and then we hard cut to 1944 Spain. Yeah, Spanish <laughs> Civil War immediately. Yeah. So I have a question, and I was going to hold off on the question, but I might as well. So you have the dad who makes the labyrinth and stuff. And then yes, you have the, the king of the underworld. Yeah, you have all these people. Who's Pan? Pan is, uh, okay, <laughs> I found this out from watching the movie. The very end of the movie, the Spanish translation of the film is like, basically it's like, it, all in Spanish, but it's like the labyrinth of the fawn. So the fawn oh. is Pan. The well, fawn Pan, is Pan. Pan is a mythological creature yes. that represents the forest. And in yeah. this movie, it is the fawn. Oh. But Pan, like, depending on where you are in the world in terms of mythology, right. is, it, it can change. Yes. It's like interchangeable. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like a direct, there could be a direct answer, but it's also a little. Sure. That was my out. take of like, it's Pan's labyrinth. It's the fawn's labyrinth. But in reality, it's the king's labyrinth. Because he set it up. Like the king of the Yeah, animal, he made it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of my okay, interpretation. It could be either or. Yeah. So you never know. Which also um, we'll get into more about the fairy tale stuff later on. But sure. Uh, but yeah. So we hard cut to 1944 Spain, where Ophelia, who is the main character, um, travels with her pregnant mother Carmen to meet Captain v Vidal. 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 Captain V. Captain Vidal. <laughs> I'm gonna go with that. Uh, her new stepfather. Captain Crunch. Yeah, Captain Crunch. <laughs> oh, I, dude, this movie would be crazy if it was Captain He's Crunch. a white mustache. <laughs> <laughs> that, dude, that'd be so cool. Um, yes, Captain Vidal. Uh, is adamant about killing off his enemies and making yeah. Spain free. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> this is where, okay, here's what, here's what happened to, with me, is this movie is currently not streaming anywhere for free. It's not Netflix, Prime. Except Tubi <gasps> for free. Apparently it's on Tubi. I didn't know <laughs> that's where I watched money it. For it. I, I did the opposite of pay money for it. I pulled the whole college trick, and I did illegally download this film. Yeah, there you go. So I put it on. Guys, we have this on recording. I mean, I legally purchased this movie. So I put it Say on. Say it one more time. <laughs> I went to Amazon.com and rented this for $3.99. Nice. Okay. Is, yeah, I'm cleared. But I played it, and it was in Spanish. 
Yeah. And I did not know it was in Spanish. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I put it. on the dub or something. <laughs> so I went to the settings, couldn't figure it out. And then I downloaded a second one. Because so I was like, oh, maybe I downloaded the Spanish one by accident. Try and get the English version. I tried to find the English you version. monster. Well, I didn't know. So I watched the, the second one. version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dubbed one. So I watched the second one. It's Spanish again. And mm. I'm like, okay, either I'm getting like played with or something's going mm. on with this movie. I was so confused, <laughs> and I ended up Googling it, I'm like, oh, this is in Spanish. Uh, oh, right, the director is Guillermo del, del Toro, Toro. <laughs> the most American name I've ever heard. I just didn't know. I no, assumed, yeah, that's fair. I was like, wait. To be fair, neither Spanish? did I, but then I was like, oh, right, it's a Spanish director, so I'm yeah. like, I'm going to go. And you know yeah. what's kind of like beautiful about it, to go full circle with something Andy yeah, said yeah, yeah. earlier, is when it came on, and I was like, oh, when I found it, it was Spanish. Mm. I was like, oh, subtitles, <laughs> damn. I'm just yeah. not great with subtitles. Oh, no, sure, sure. And there's kind of that, you're right, that little like the little one-inch barrier. If you can get right. past subtitles, it's it like opens one of up my a, favorite quotes. Yeah, it opens yeah. up a brand new door of movies. Yeah. Within 10 minutes, yeah. I was used to it. Yeah, it was no problem. What, that's what I'm saying, is if people just give it a chance. It's not as bad it's as you think. It's so yeah. much easier, because then when you're, again, like 10 minutes into the movie, you're just like, oh, this is just, I'm just experiencing this normally. Yeah, exactly. Like your brain just adjusts, and you're like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. But anyways, um, yes, yeah, so then... Ophelia finds a large stick insect, uh, which she believes to be a fairy, and it leads Ophelia into an ancient stone labyrinth, but she is stopped by by Vidal's... Uh, I'm going to keep mispronouncing that. I just doing just say Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch's <laughs> uh, housekeeper, Mercedes. And we later find out that Mercedes is helping the people who Vidal considers as his enemies. Um, yeah. So she's... Yeah, she's awesome. If it's, it's Listen, I, when this was happening at this point, I was like, what is this movie? Oh, I was so confused. <laughs> I thought it was I English, was, and I thought it was a bunch of monsters running around. I, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. That was my exact on. reaction. I was like, I <laughs> must have clicked on the wrong movie. Yeah. And then I was like, Tubi would never do me wrong like that. <laughs> Dude, Tubi's all reliable. You know what I mean? Exactly. I was like, this isn't no I Netflix. Like, this is a different, Tubi. Like, this is, we got it. This is no this is Disney Plus, dude. Exactly. Tubi.com. Tubi is reliable. <laughs> Tubi is reliable, dude. Um, but yes, so that night, the insect appears in Ophelia's bedroom, uh, where it transforms into a fairy and leads, uh, very, leads very her creepily transforms into a fairy. Yeah, it's, this, <laughs> it's not pleasant. It's not no, pleasant at all. This movie very, very interestingly uh, terrifying visuals. Like, throughout. Yeah. Like, there's just really scary yeah, yeah, images yeah. to look at. Um, and it went from this weird kind of... Like very, I knew, like very R-rated. Very R-rated. That's that's what I was about to say. Is like I knew Guillermo del Toro, but in the beginning, it sets up a fairy tale. Mm. I was like, okay, well, there's Civil War stuff going on, but you never know. And he kind of transforms into this fairy, and it's it's weird and gross, but it's not like blood or anything. Mm-mm. But but well, then the movie keeps going. Yeah, <laughs> blood and fairies. That'll come up in a bit. It will come um, up. But yeah, so there she meets a fawn. Which is a big scary thing that would come from a lucid dream, and I'm not yeah. surprised that it, yeah. it did. Uh, yeah, this thing freaked me out. Just I'm gonna put it out there. We'll get to more later, and I'll just keep saying this. <laughs> this thing, just the way that it moved, and obviously props to the the actor. Doug but Jones, yeah. oh my god, I even to this day, like I was watching this yesterday. And I was creepy. like, I don't like the way that this thing is moving or speaking or or existing. <laughs> I was so scared of it. Because you don't know whether to trust that's, or not trust yeah. the, the whole is like acting. why it's so genius. The genius of acting is exactly that, but it, it also just makes me so uncomfortable. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so, but that's that's like... It's really supposed to. You that's know? what I'm saying is is he's doing a perfect job of like yeah. that character. And like it completely does the effect it's supposed to. It just made me so unsettled. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It just didn't leave me feeling It's also really like the most Guillermo del Toro looking thing Absolutely. I've ever seen in my if life. The, Anytime I think about Guillermo del Toro, I just it's think this. of the fawn now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you think of the fawn. Um, but yeah, she meets the fawn, 
uh, who may or may not be Pan. We don't know. Uh, yeah, but Pan? believes that she is the reincarnation of Princess Moana. Um, and, and he gives her a magical book and tells her that uh, she will find in it three tasks to complete in order for her to acquire immortality and return to her kingdom. Yes. Yes. And you know what's cool about this movie? I got to give it so much props. Why? It, the I feel like if it was, awesome? Besides that, <laughs> if this was any other movie we've covered on this show, if I heard three tasks to do a thing, I'd immediately go, why? That makes no sense. Yeah. But this is a fairy tale. Yeah. So that's the whole point. It's sure. weird stuff. So I'm like, this movie just got to, like, I can't believe it just did that. Why? Because it just set up that it was a fairy tale? Yeah. Oh, like, sure. It just did, like, the craziest <laughs> plot, but they made it work perfectly. I'm like, yeah. you saw it. It also, like, now that I'm thinking of it, it I mean, th I feel like this kind of ranged through throughout, but it is so cool that Guillermo del Toro was just like, what if it was a fairy tale in 1944 Spanish Civil War? Yeah. Like, that's just such a not, exactly. like, an abnormal combination. It's so and it, smart. For whatever reason, it works perfectly. And also one of my favorite things, I'm going to spoil a little bit, one of my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah, things yeah. about this movie is, is it even a fairy tale? Is That's this really going thing. on? Is is who even knows what's actually happening, because yeah. especially at the end, and we'll get to what happens at the end, that was the point where I was like, oh my god, is any of this actually this real? real? Or Very like, surrealist. Yeah. Exactly, what is actually going on in like the reality know. of 1944 Spain, and what is kind of like the artistic yeah. choices well, that Is she made? actually like... This kid from the underworld, yeah, or is this all just in her head and she's because coping she's with being traumatized? In this, yeah, exactly. exactly. It's so cool. It's, it's the, I think it's awesome. the biggest plot twist though is that that book was Guillermo del Toro's journals. So <laughs> with the three tasks, that in is it. True. yeah. yeah. He put one of them the is movie. to go back to a cab and get yeah. a book. <laughs> it's yeah. like just to find it. You're like the, the book just says like you're gonna lose this soon. Just go back to Imagine that Imagine if that's what the movie was. That would be crazy. Just the story of like the making of it. It's like weirdly really meta. I feel like that'd be, <laughs> that would be kind of cool. cool. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> meta movie. Um, but yeah, so then uh, Captain Crunch uh, lowers rations I'm glad we've accepted of that. people to, to so one happy. ration per family and swears to continue the search uh, for the enemy until they are defeated so his son can be born in a free Spain. This is his driving force of the movie. He wants... Uh, his son to be born in a, a free country and, and kind of under his yeah. control and command so that he's safe. It's also also um, two things I want to quickly point out. Yeah. One, I love how serious this movie is, and we went to Princess Moana and Captain Crunch. Yeah. Within five minutes of talking about the yeah, plot. Yeah, it happens a lot. <laughs> it does. Um, and it's just and my... two, like, I go, oh, God, this movie. So you have this Captain Crunch guy. Yeah. And you're not sure if you're supposed to like him <laughs> or not either. Right. And then I don't, I do you, I'm assuming you have the scene coming up, right? I don't know what you're talking the about. The wine bottle scene? Maybe. One of the most scarring scenes I've ever seen. I in might my have life. just blocked it out of my brain. I don't actually know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. You want to explain the scene for people at home who haven't seen this? You take the description, and if there's something you missed, there you I'll go. Andy will yeah, take yeah, over because yeah. this was one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Okay. So it's late at night, and someone wakes up Captain Crunch. Like, hey, we caught these two farmers. There was like gunfire or something was up. Yeah. So he brings them out. This dude is haunting. He brings them out, and they're like, oh, we were just hunting for rabbits. That's all oh, we were doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the captain starts, Captain Crunch starts digging through their stuff, trying to prove if they're <laughs> actually lying or not. Yeah. And the one guy says something that's not even like aggressive whatsoever. No. He said, hey, we're just rabbit farmers. Like, that's all we are. Yeah. And the Captain Crunch, man, he takes a wine bottle yeah. and just smashes the guy's head in with it. 
over so and over and over many again. times. That's and then his right. face yeah. just crumbles. And they show it. Yeah, it's horrible. They do not cut away from this. Yeah, thing. I did not write that down because I was so traumatized by it. Dude, I like yeah, fully it was, blocked that out of my it brain. It was genuinely it was so like a, such a tough I forgot scene. it was a wine bottle because I thought it was like the blunt of his gun. Yeah, that's what oh, I thought. Oh, no, too, it's a I, wine bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. That's and, right. And sure, the scene was so haunting, I looked it up. And sure enough, it kind of comes from an event in Guillermo del Toro's past. Like him and his oh, friends really? were like getting beat up. I forget exactly what it was, but him and like a group of friends are getting beat up. And oh. Guillermo looks up and his friend is getting hit in the face with a wine bottle. And the bottle's oh not God. shattering. He just keeps getting hit over and over again. Oh, my God. And it was so scarring. You put it in this movie and it scarred everybody else. That's insane. What the heck? That's insane. Yeah, yeah I, insane. I totally it, just, I'm glad you brought it up, but also I'm not because I'm, I'm, I don't want to <laughs> ever think about that again. Collective trauma. <laughs> Collective yeah, trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then sure if they were rabbit hunters. Remember, he pulls the rabbit yeah, out of the and bag. He's like, and he, he tells his like, first in command, he's like, don't e- like thoroughly check them next become, time yeah. before you come to me. Cause I, cause Horror, dude, yeah. horrifying. He's that, an enforcer. Like, when that scene hit, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in for yeah, something I was not What is Penn's Labyrinth? Yeah, what is this movie? That actor kills it. Yeah, yeah, he's great. They're all fantastic. He freaks me out. Oh, amazing. All everyone, it's even the, yeah, the kid, the Ophelia mom, Mercedes, like everyone is great. Yeah, yeah the yeah, baby, they are. <laughs> the baby nailed it. The baby is amazing. Okay, anyways, so Ophelia completes the first task after this guy gets you know slaughtered. Oh um, my god! <laughs> by retrieving a key from the belly of a giant toad, which is an it's incredibly like sc- another incredibly scary scene. Um, which I watched while eating lunch yesterday, and I I don't recommend that. That might Dude, be that the worst scene. <laughs> it was to it made watch me so lunch. uncomfortable. I did it this morning, and I morning. think that was the point where I stopped it the first time because I was like, I need to not. Mm-hmm. And then I just watched like Cody Co or something. Dude, for like I was hour, watching this movie and I had oatmeal, which is just brown mush. Yep. And I was like, nope. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I really couldn't finish it. It was horrible. You guys both have the like medieval urge to have entertainment while you eat. Yeah. That is true. Dude, I've never thought about that. It's like time that to before. feast. <laughs> but every, I'm one of those guys where every time I eat, I'm like, you. You're watching something. Well, here's yeah, the thing. Like, thing. I take so much less time selecting my courses for like a semester than I do YouTube videos while I eat. <laughs> That's yeah. very true. I like I like curate my list. That's I'm a curator. That's and I'll, like, so I'll have moments where I'll go to watch something and I have food and I will not start eating until yeah. I find a video I like. Yeah, same. Like I'll be in the middle of something. Cold. Yeah, and I'll go like my ice cream will be melting. Yeah, but like no, it has to wait until I find the right Cody Co video. It's it's ridiculous how we're all just the same. It like it blows my mind how <laughs> humanity is. We're just doing the same thing over and over for centuries, and it that's a whole different podcast. Um, anyways, so Ophelia. Before I get too existential, um, Ophelia becomes yeah, worried. Maverick, not existential at all. It's not at all. Um, Ophelia becomes worried about her mother, whose condition is worsening, because I guess uh, her baby is not well, and in turn, she is struggling with her health. Um, and Ophelia is told by Mercedes that having a baby is hard, and then she swears that she would never have one because the uh, the pain that she's seeing her mother in. Oh, yeah. Um, and then she then reveals she knows that Mercedes is helping out, uh, quote-unquote, like the people in the woods, all the rebels, all the spies. Yeah. Um, Pretty much the good guys. Of the the good guys, yeah. yeah. And promises that she hasn't told anyone. So Ophelia knows that Mercedes yeah. is, is kind of on the good guy side. But Mercedes, as the movie goes, just gets more and more screen time, ends up being one of the best characters. Yeah, I agree. Film. So a sleeper yeah. hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah she is a sleeper hit. Because um, at first, you like you know she's a character, but you don't recognize how important she is. Yeah. As it keeps going, you're like, oh, she's amazing. She's yeah. just so cool. Yeah, she is. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so then Ophelia goes back to the labyrinth, where she again sees the fawn, and she shows him that she got the key, and he says that uh, she will be needing it soon, along with a piece of chalk. Also, uh, is quietly becoming more untrustworthy by saying, and I quote, 
Why would you? Uh, sorry. Why would a poor little fawn like me lie to you, but in a very uh-huh. eerie way? And it, it like yeah. that, at that point, I was like, nope, I don't sure. like this guy whatsoever. <laughs> I am so like, I was so scared. Um, and I just, I don't know. I think it was because of the live action. It's like, I think it's similar to me for Dark Crystal. It's a sure, lot of these like yeah. puppet live action monster things that like really got under my skin as a kid. And I don't know if it's like, um, uh, Uncanny Valley, like that kind of thing, like that idea of it's like very close to human like because it is live action, but it's not quite there, and that's almost makes it more scary. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's just that in particular really freaks. For me you, out. it's like the in between. Like it's exactly. not. If it was like a spectrum, you have like full live action yep. versus like fully like animated. Yeah. Or something like like if it was like an uh, your in between is like terrifying. Exactly. If it was <laughs> yeah. if it was a CGI version of this character, I would not be as scared. Really? Absolutely. It's it's like a whole theory in like like monster making. If this was a Marvel movie, if he accepted the budget from one of the Hollywood yeah, movies, yeah, 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 yeah. he would have been a I little happier. Been way, I would have sure. known that this movie was in Spanish. Um, oh yeah, good point. Yeah. So then a few scenes later, the fawn shows up uh, in Ophelia's room late at night and he gives her a uh, mandrake root Instructing her, horrifying by the way, terrifying. Just appears yeah. out of the shadows. Yeah, exactly. I was, I'm, I don't like this character. Man, I like Doug Jones, um, but if I was sleeping and he appeared in my bedroom, I'd freak out. Yeah, I yeah. would just, in general, if he appeared anywhere in that costume, I would <laughs> he's, be like, he's nope. kinda, I love him to death. He's a, not a weird looking dude, but he could creep somebody out pretty easily. I don't know what the actual. You should dude look him up. Like. He's got okay. a pretty unique look to him. Yeah. I look him yeah. up like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, um, no, yeah, but so he, and then the fawn instructs her uh, to keep it under Carmen's bed. In a bowl of milk and regularly supply it with blood, which seems <laughs> sure. to ease uh, Carmen's illness. I, I think I mentioned this before, but Carmen is the mother to Ophelia. Um, Ophelia Moana. then gets Moana. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ophelia then gets the task to draw a door on her bed. Uh, I'm sorry, on her wall, uh, in her room with the chalk, and follow the fairies once the door opens. <laughs> Here we go. Next Uh-oh. favorite scene. Yeah, this is where I came back um, <laughs> after a, a long break, after realizing what I was about to get into. Uh, she has to make it back before the last grain of sand falls in an hourglass she has, and she walks into a large room where the pale man sits, <laughs> not moving. <laughs> now, I remember this so vividly as a kid. I remembered every single thing that the happened table of food from and the all second that. the door Ugh. opened to the second the top door closed. Really? That's the only part of this movie that I remember. <laughs> um, and rewatching it, I got chills. I was so scared. This scene is but so good. This it was scene awesome. Is really yeah. good, but also. Equally terrifying. Oh, yeah. So terrifying. And and props to everyone, but I was just genuinely, my skin was crawling. Which is definitely um, what they were going for. That's so, a point. Yeah, they get major so coffee. Yeah. Also, I will say, the whole, like, they told her not to eat anything. She goes in, there's a table full of food. Yes. And out of all the things she could eat, she takes two grapes. Grapes. Come on, dude. If you're going to break the rule, dude, go it's hard. It's like the Harry Potter food. It's like a full-blown, yeah, like, for grapes. everything. That's so lame. That's, that's like in movies where, like, a kid will be getting ready for school and then the family will have like a full layout of food, yeah, like yeah, yeah, bacon, yeah. eggs and everything and then they exit with like sipping half a glass of orange juice. Oh, yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, bye. <laughs> and so it's like, you are missing so much. Yeah, what are you doing? Good. They take a half a piece of bacon. Of exactly. Of I gotta go. And yeah. they're like, oh, I gotta You're go to school. And I'm like, no, no. You're gonna be late to school because that food is <laughs> looking so good. It's gonna Sit get down. you through your day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, so his Grapes. eyes, the, the pale man's eyes are on a plate in front of him, and he's not moving. There's a, this big table of food, Ugh. and Ophelia is directed <laughs> by the fairies to unlock one of three small doors on it's a wall. so gnarly. And when she opens the correct one, she finds a golden dagger. And this is important for later. Uh, but before she leaves, she is enticed to eat two, two grapes Ugh, on the table. Exactly. 
even though the fairies told her not to. And when she does, my trauma begins. Your boy um, wakes up. Yeah, the pale man wakes up. He begins moving very scarily. Um, and he puts his eyes in his hands, puts his hands with the eyes over his face, and bites two of the fairies' heads off. And there's blood everywhere. There's blood yeah, everywhere. He just slaughters them. He slaughters them. And then uh, Ophelia realizes what she has done and begins sprinting back to the door uh, to her room. And then the hourglass tragically runs out of time, and she narrowly escapes uh, the pale man by drawing a door on the ceiling and escaping that way. Barely. Um, barely. barely. I, oh, you should have seen me watching this. Even <laughs> now, I was just like, go, 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 run, go, go. And she's like on top of a chair, and she like gets up. It's awful. Um, but yeah, so Vidal and his men uh, get into a battle with the enemy, and they kill everyone except one, Pedro, uh, who Mercedes is helping. And they torture him, and Mercedes realizes uh, who it is and who Vidal and his men have killed. And she's traumatized wah, and, wah. and terrified. Yeah. Um, and then the fawn comes back to uh, to Ophelia, and after realizing <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that she broke the rules, banishes her from the labyrinth and refuses to give her the third task, which is very tragic. But also, also why would you good thing. get the grapes? That's horrible. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> um, yes, the doctor that Vidal brings in is also a spy, we find out. Um, and kills Pedro uh, per his request by injecting him lethally. Um, and after admitting to Vidal that he does not blindly follow orders, he kills the doctor, which is very sad. And doctor also, the doctor did down. a great job acting. Like, he's hey, a good actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah literally every oh, yeah, actor everyone's the incredible. phenomenal. Um, Vidal catches Ophelia using the mandrake root to heal her mother, and he gets upset, uh, and her mom throws it into a fire, agreeing with Vidal that there is uh, no such thing as magic, which is heartbreaking because it's one of those like hey kid Santa's not real <laughs> but then the like what she does in response to that is basically like she dies like yeah. she she dies because the she throws dies, yeah. the magic or in the fire was it because of that who we knows don't know. we don't actually know uh, <laughs> what is going on this movie <laughs> um, and as the yes as the root burns it makes uh, Carmen topple over in pain and she, as she begins to give birth and she dies in childbirth but the baby is born which is Vidal's baby and Captain Crunch's baby. Captain Crunch. Did you know a fun fact? Baby, Mini played by Doug Jones. Oh. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that'd be crazy. <laughs> he, he contorted just go himself the... into a smaller yeah. person. Dude, Ophelia? Played by Doug Jones. Doug Jones. <laughs> just every single person. That's um, true. Yeah, so Vidal questions Mercedes, and uh, he knows that she's a spy at this point, so it makes for an interesting conversation. And when he goes to torture her for answers, she escapes by stabbing him, uh, a couple of times and cutting his mouth open, similar to the Joker, which I thought was yeah, that's like, true. Pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was um, brutal. It was. Yeah. All I love how all the violence is not. They never don't show it. They yeah. show everything. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Um. She eventually gets tracked down by Vidal's uh, men, and before she has a chance to be killed, the army of rebels Mercedes has been helping swoop in and shoot most of Vidal's men, um, with a couple escaping. Um, and yes, going back to Ophelia, the fawn gives Ophelia one last chance to complete right. the third task, and she promises to do everything he says. She goes to the room where Vidal and her newborn brother uh, are, and slips something into his drink, and takes her brother away from him, and when he goes to chase after her, he stumbles, not at full, you know, power yeah. capacity. He's he running. got stabbed a couple times here. Yeah. yeah. Um, the rebels are, uh, attacking Vidal's base, and throughout all of this chaos, Ophelia escapes to the labyrinth with her <laughs> brother. Here we go. Um, and she gets to the fawn who tells her the final task is to spill the blood of an innocent, which, by the way, insane. Insane. That's just crazy. That it's, last task is like, everything was, already, everything was already <laughs> yeah. hard, and then you just dropped the bomb on us. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, you gotta kill your brother, by the way. You gotta spill What's some of his blood. What's the problem? Yeah. This is also when we get to one of the most shocking endings I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god. Blow, blew my mind. Okay, let's get to yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get to it. So, she refuses, and the fawn allows allows for it and disappears. He's basically like, as you wish, I'm gone. Yeah, peace. peace. You don't want it, I'm out. Just then, right at that moment, Vidal takes his son and shoots Ophelia. And she dies. And she dies. The little girl main character in this movie dies, dies. from yep. getting shot in the chest. Um, yeah. That's crazy. It's insane. I because was at this point, again, we don't actually know if it's like uh, she goes, she's actually dead, and this is just kind of like the real afterlife of like, oh, she goes to heaven, but like that little flash right before she dies of like her whole life, and she's like, oh, I did it, I accomplished yeah. it, or like, is this like fulfilling the she prophecy? Just, is this real? Like, what's going on? No one actually, no knows. one actually. Yeah. It's a very thought-provoking ending, which I really it enjoy, is. and also like, especially because of the show that we do, where movies like this. The kid is never going to die in a movie like this. No. Even in Narnia, the the yeah. farthest we've ever gone is a kid getting stabbed, but you know he's going to be fine because he's eight. Yeah. It's also Disney. It's Disney yeah. here. <laughs> he's not going to die. So, like, she just got shot. And I'm like, she'll get back up. No. She does not. No. She dies. Um, yeah, but <laughs> exactly. Uh, Vidal gets out of the labyrinth and finds the rebel army uh, who takes his son Waiting and then him. kills him. Yeah, it was a problem. Uh, which pretty is cool. awesome. Um, but yes. So then. Her blood, uh, Ophelia's blood spills into the portal, and she realizes that spilling her own blood was the true final task. And then she sees her father, who is the ruler of the underworld, and her mom. Um, and the film ends with the ending of the fairy tale from the beginning of the movie, saying that she returned to her kingdom and ruled with uh, fairness and majesty for a long time, and all is well in the world. And that is Pan's Labyrinth. Yes. Um, going <laughs> into final thoughts, Annie, do you want to give a quick little how did this hold up today kind of? Spiel. What did you think watching it this time? This was like, it's it's still an absolute banger in my opinion. Yeah. You know, it's just one of these movies that I think is ageless. I think yeah. it'll be a movie that I can look back on even when I'm old and gray. Yeah. And still enjoy it because I think the dynamic between this like realistic, dramatic and violent reality mm -hmm. versus this, you know, fantasy world. Um, is I think it's just a brilliant dynamic that you don't get from a lot of other movies. Yeah. So it's very important and still very special in my heart. Definitely, yeah. Colin, what yeah, you go, think? I'll go quick. I think this I, this might be the best movie we've ever covered on this show. Interesting. This movie's fantastic. Fair. I love that. I, we could honestly talk about it for two hours. I have so much more I want to say. We I just, agree. You know, and you haven't yawned anymore. You're awake. You're awake. Yeah, this movie is phenomenal. Yeah, this is not the movie that I thought it was from the beginning. Same. But... <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. This is a hell of a lot more better than, like, a lot, <laughs> a lot better than I ever thought it could be. And I was so genuinely excited by the end. I was like, wow, we actually got somewhere where, like, we both hadn't really yeah. seen it. And we were both just, like, pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah, so this is great. And one final thought on Pan's Labyrinth. I can't, I can't believe this got greenlit. Yes. Feels good. Thank Feels you, good. Andy. I enjoyed that. For being on the show. You have been a wonderful guest. This has been such a fun time. Thank you for picking um, also the best movie we've exactly. ever done. Yeah, this is of course. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an honor. I mean, this is amazing that you guys kind of felt this way and it was all this like recent thought, you yeah. know, that went into Yeah, this. first time. Exactly. Yeah. First time. Everyone make sure to tune into Andy's house um Wednesday mornings at eleven AM on WCB.live. Um, and yes, thank you all for listening. Tune in next week for a very special episode of ours, a yes. Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving episode. And I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, tune in next week for that and we will see you then. Bye. Adios. Bye.